0: Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Bridgerton on Netflix. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez, and I'm Julian Davis.
1: Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley, and you can email us at the at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another very exciting episode of the Pemberley Podcast. Today is sadly a bittersweet day because it is the final episode of season two, episode eight of Bridgerton, which to me, I know we've talked about this throughout our Bridgerton episodes. This has been like such a fun season. I'm going to really miss talking about this.
0: There was a lot of anticipation around this season and and we didn't know what to expect if we were going to like Anthony or we were going to hate him still, but they made us like him. It's been a really fun season to talk about. They are already filming the next season. So who knows? Like Maybe we'll be back to this at the end of the year or maybe early next year. We'll have season three to look forward to, which again, will focus on Colin and Penelope. So we have that to look forward to. But yes, sad to wrap up the story of Kate and Anthony, which this episode, they really packed in everything to wrap up the season. This
1: was a crowded suitcase of <laughs> yes. an episode. But it's, I mean, it, there was honestly a lot of loose ends to tie up. I yeah. feel like the last few episodes, it's been really heavy on Kate and Anthony and the Bridgertons and especially with the wedding. And then there's the Featheringtons and they're doing their thing. And then there's, you know, Lady Whistledown and that's kind of a mystery. Stuff that's been background plot is like really going to be front and center. Se- everything is front and center in this yeah. episode. So There's a yeah. lot happening. Before we dive into that, I think that we should talk a little bit about things that we've been watching on our own. You, you
0: want to tell the people you've been watching, Yolanda? Yeah, I just got into the newest season of Stranger Things, which is another one of those shows that's been on for quite a while. And it's very dark. I mean, with each season, it just gets darker and darker. And there's like more conflict happening. So they're facing another big villain again. And I appreciated that they have, like, a two-minute recap at the beginning because I was like, I don't remember. When I was watching the recap, I was like, I don't remember half of this happening. When did the last season come out? So the last season came out July 4th, 2019. What? Yeah. So it's been- That was three! ago yeah it's been a long
1: time wow so these kids i mean this is starting to feel like harry potter in terms of like we've been following these kids literally since they were 11 to 13 years old and And now now they're they're grown they're grown they're like young adults they're like 18 at the youngest. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Fun times once again with Stranger Things. A lot of great music. So check it out.
1: That's very cool. I will admit I saw the pilot a long time ago and I have not watched anything since. It's fine. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think Lizzo posted a TikTok recently where she was like, I think I'm too late. I can't, I can't jump on the Stranger Things train. (laughs) I saw that one too. And I was like, you know what? I kind of, I mean, I will say like,
1: it's not totally my thing. You know, you were talking about how dark and dramatic it is. And for me, I I can't do that with just anything. Yeah, And I feel like it's kind of got this 80s nostalgia that just, it's not deterring me, but I I feel like that's what brought in a lot of fans is Mm -hmm. it reminded them
0: of a lot of their favorite movies from that time. Right. It's probably not a show I would have picked up today. Like, I think if I had started to just get into the show, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Since I have been watching it since the beginning, I'm like, okay, like, I'll watch this season, so. Yeah,
1: I'm with Lizzo on this one. I yeah. I think it's too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um what have you been watching? This is a new show on Netflix that I I think like I I was seeing it was in like the top 10 or something. It's Mm. called Surviving Summer and if you like cool teen surf things I recommend it. It's about a rebellious Brooklyn teen. She's sort of prep school rebellious. Half of her okay. personality <laughs> is hating her mom. The other half of her personality is being from New York. Her mom is a famous photographer and she doesn't know what to do with her. because She's just been kicked out of private school again. And she's about to go to the Middle East to do her job for like six weeks. And so she sends her daughter named Summer...
0: Ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. right. That's
1: okay. what it is. She sends her to the coast of Australia to live with a family that she grew up with. Like it sounds like this mm. girl was like born and sort of raised in Australia, and then they moved to the U.S. at a young age. Okay, and so she's gonna live with them while mom does her thing in the Middle East. And wow. she hates this beautiful, gorgeous seaside town where surfing is everybody's personality. Right. She resists at first. She's a skateboarder. Like, think about what Johnny Kapahala was when he went from surfing to snowboarding. This yeah. is her, this is this generation's going from skateboarding to surfing. Got and it. I really love it because basically she joins this group of kids, like the son of this family is like a renowned surfer and he's been off for a year and we sort of like explore the drama with his friend group and she joins them. Tonally, it's very similar to to All the Boys I've Loved Before. You know, it's, it's definitely not like a
0: euphoria kind of show. Cool. Yeah. I feel like the last time we had like a really cool surfing show or movie was Rip Girls. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's been so long, and yeah. so I'm
1: glad they're finally. The industry is is picking. We're circling back. We're to- circling back. It's coming full circle. <laughs> People are asking for it again. Yeah. It's a nice, fun, escapist it, the sh- a show that feels like summer vacation. That's fun. so yeah. It's very fun. I recommend it to I feel everyone. Like Disney
0: Channel did a lot of like those fun like sports summer movies. Yeah and that's nice that it still exists (laughs) this is
1: gen z's sports summer movie as a short series nice yes that's my my pitch so if you were into those rip girls blue crush johnny Capahala, johnny back on board whatever the movies were (laughs) you all if you know you know what i'm talking about this is for you there's still and it's nice and it's easy to watch
0: So with that, let's dive into the season finale of Bridgerton. Previously, the Bridgertons and the Sharmas threw an elaborate unity ball that no one attended. Lady Whistledown wrote that Eloise has been fraternizing with political radicals, so the Bridgertons are now even more ruined. So what they thought this huge ball would be to unite them and bring them back into the public and everyone's going to be happy and fine No, they're hit with another scandal. They are back into PR mode. Like, what are we going to do next? Kate was super upset at the end of the episode. She went off riding on her horse in the rain. Anthony goes chasing after her. Kate falls off her horse. We don't know what's going on with her. That's where the episode ended. And that's where we pick up. She is unconscious. Anthony is there with her, touches the back of her head and she's bleeding. Things aren't looking good. So he carries her, bursts into the home and is like, get the surgeon. And it's all very frantic. And it all feels like this is just flashbacks for Anthony of like yet another traumatic event with a loved one right before him. The last time this happened, his father died. And he's so worried about the same thing happening to Kate.
1: And lest we forget, the last time he saw Kate was last night when they were sleeping together. They had their first big night together, our first sex scene of the show, only to be followed immediately. Like, he wakes up alone, finds her, and now he feels so terrible because he thinks he's upset her. It's very much giving... Um, the 1995 Sense and Sensibility vibes yes. where we find Marianne in the rain and we bring her into the castle and she's not doing well and Colonel Brandon is going out of his mind with worry. <laughs> He's just not, this is just especially at a time when men were not helpful at all. We kind of take a big break from Kate and Anthony in this episode because she's literally unconscious for like a week. Yeah. Which can I just, I'm, I don't know anything about medical anything But back in the day when they didn't have like feeding tubes or anything, literally, how did she consume water and food and anything when she wasn't conscious for a week? Like, how does that happen? Anyway.
0: I don't know. Their their (laughs) methods were like, we'll let them bleed out. Yeah, like, like, oh,
1: (laughs) did she have a head wound? Let's bleed her more. Yeah. And that
0: was what they did. They were like, that's how she, like, her system gets, you know, cleaned out. Evened out. And I'm like, (laughs) nah. I don't not. think that's how it works. It's, and we know that now, but, <laughs> yes. you know,
1: luckily this isn't that kind of show. Yes. So she's fine. Basically, Anthony saves her, brings her in, and then he doesn't visit her again. Like, he he stays away from Lady Danbury's house. He can't bring himself to look at her like that I think he's emotionally preparing himself for her to for die the, worst, the yeah. way that his father did. And this is where he has a nice heart-to-heart with Lady Bridgerton because yeah. they've been having some nice heart-to-hearts where he had kind of admitted to her a few episodes ago, you know. I, I really had to step up when I was 19 because you disappeared when Dad died and I had to become the Lord, the Viscount. We're almost 10 years later and I'm still trying to get it together. Losing Edmund was... The most difficult time of my life.
0: And the pain that I felt. Beyond description. But there is one thing that has given me at least some modicum of solace. It's knowing that I would still choose the life I led with him each and every time. And I would undoubtedly feel the same pain I felt all over again if I had to. Because real True love is worth it. I mean, that's the thing with Lady Bridgerton. I think for the first time, she's having these big conversations with her kids. Is it 10 years too late? Maybe. But she's also like, I think in a better place to have these conversations and understand just how much trauma is going on in their lives. So I'm glad she's acknowledging it. But also I think Anthony's at a place where he's able to have this conversation because I think Even if she's tried to broach the subject, Anthony's kind of shut it down before. But now he's in a super vulnerable place where, like, there's nothing else to do. He is rock bottom right now. He has to open up. Rock bottom. And also, I think he's
1: realizing how much the stuff with his dad is affecting his relationship with Kate. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, why do I feel this? Oh, I know what this is. I remember (laughs) the last time I felt this way. Shortly thereafter... We receive word that Miss Sharma has woken up. Yay! And bless Anthony's heart, he snatches the betrothal ring, gets himself a bouquet of lilies, her signature scent. I'm kind of still waiting on a Kate Sharma perfume to right. come out, Macy's or whoever. Um,
0: <laughs> come on, Shondaland. Come, come on, get it,
1: get it together. You guys have sweatshirts. I have your sweatshirt. Like we just need <laughs> Lily perfume. And so he like races over to Lady Danbury's house. She's awake. He gets a moment alone and like instant proposal. He just like falls to one knee and he's like, I
0: want it. Like marry me, please. When Kate first wakes up, she is asking like, has Anthony come to visit me? Forget Edwina. Forget her mother. Forget everyone. She wakes up. She's like, Anthony, Anthony. And Edwina's like, chill. Like, it's still, the breakup is still like freshly a week ago.
1: Like, you know, Anthony gets a lot of credit for being the one who rescued her. I mean, and so when he gets a moment alone, he proposes to her. She thinks that he's proposing in a very reactionary way. She Mm. thinks that he feels so bad so guilty about what happened that he's proposing to her out of pity Mm. and she hates that she's like i'm still a really strong independent woman i don't you know she doesn't want to settle for less and even though she loves him she doesn't want to be with the man she loves for the wrong
0: reasons right her plan is still to go back to india i think her big thing is feeling like she's a burden to everyone and that's a really big conversation that she has with her mom she has felt like she's had to earn her love or earn her way into the family. And you never treated me any differently. Everything I, I did, I owed it to you. You owed me nothing. Oh, you never had to earn your place in this family. I loved you from the day I met you. Oh, love is not something that is ever owed. You came into my life. As a daughter, and I never saw you as anything else. It grieves me to think you do not believe you deserve all of the love in the world. You know, I'm really glad that they have that heart to heart and that Kate is finally releasing that burden of feeling like a burden. Yeah. It's something that that's why I still don't like Edwina, because after she did call her half-sister in that, like, vulnerable moment and never apologized for it and still feels like you owe me or like I'm still mad at you like
1: Ugh, I don't like it. Especially, you know, I think both girls have had a lot of pressure, different kinds of pressure put on them over the years. And I know Edwina is sick of being the perfect one. Yeah. But she was in no way ever an outside. Like everything has sort of been in service of her. It's yeah. been in service of her being the best so she, they could come to England and she could win that hand in marriage and she could make all this happen. This sort of opposite has fallen on Kate where she's like, okay, my life is about elevating my sister. It's in service of others. In service of others. And so like it makes a lot of sense why she thinks, you know, she feels like she's undeserving of love because she's. Her mother is not her birth mother and our father is dead. So I feel like she probably feels like an orphan of some kind. And she's lucky that this woman is taking care of her when she's like, you know, I think the mom is being very classy and that's what you should do when you're in a situation like
0: this. Like you're both my girls, you're both my daughters, like you don't. She puts a lot of pressure on herself. And I think we don't talk about the class difference between the mom and the dad. Kate's dad was from a working class. He was of a lower class where maybe he was, you know, more in service of others too. Maybe that was more of his role. And you have Lady Sharma who's coming in and, you know, she was from an upper class family. Her parents kind of disowned her for marrying lower that's sort of like what Kate has felt her whole life. Like, oh, we are lower. I'm the reason for all this burden again. And on top of that, we don't know who her birth mother is. Like, yeah. there's
1: really no exploration of that in here. So we have to assume she was probably a working class, like a lower class person as well. So it's kind of like this, she ha- She feels like she has no like blood right to any title yeah. or anything. And so she's just been this outsider whose stepmother was highborn and had to take a step down. That happened a long time ago, but she's carrying all this with her. Yeah. When, you know, she and Anthony super enjoyed each other's company the night before. And she's not going to have anyone marry her out
0: of pity. So we will pause on Kate and Anthony until we see them again at the ball. But let's dive into the Whistledown slash Eloise drama that's been happening because the last we heard of Whistledown, she exposed Eloise for fraternizing with political radicals, hinted toward a relationship she might be having with a boy of a lower class. Um, there has been no Whistledown for a whole week. People are even interrogating the poor newspaper boy being like, where's our whistle down boy? And then he's like, I don't know, I just deliver the paper. Mm -hmm. So the big thing that happens here is that Eloise receives a mysterious gift, anonymous gift is a book and inside is a note and it is from theo of all people who after their last conversation i would have thought theo would have nothing to do with her anymore it turns out that he has also been keeping secrets from eloise he does in fact know that they are the prince shop that prince lady Whistledown, of course they are so she feels like you've been lying to me this whole time too like we both have secrets great we're even now But this sends Eloise off into a search to figure out what is going on. Who is the real Lady Whistledown? I feel like now she is armed with even more accurate information. She goes to the Modiste and is like very direct with her. She's like, I know you're working for Lady Whistledown tell me everything. It's also personal now. Yeah. Like
1: she's been taking these chances because she's like, no one would look at little old me. Like I'm just a little unmarried, unpopular debutante. Like no one cares. (laughs) But then she saw that like when Lady Whistledown came after her, it brought her whole family down. And she has this sort of renewed sense of justice. So not only does she have better information, but she has a reason. Because before this, I feel like She's been bored and she's been curious and she's like, my life is worth more than gowns. So I'm going to find Lady Whistledown. That's my purpose. And now she's like, I'm going to find the woman who almost freaking ruined my family. Also, the queen thought I was her. And like a lot's just happened to Eloise. Her first kind of boyfriend just kind of broke up with her. Yeah. It's all very emotional. And so she's, she's on a warpath. And I feel like we've never really taken Eloise seriously until this moment. Yeah. This is another relationship where everything is going to come to a head at the
0: ball. Her best friend is kind of mad at her because she's like done with hearing about Lady Whistledown. Her sort of boyfriend doesn't want to talk to her. She's somewhat ruined in society. So she's got nothing to lose right now.
1: And everything to gain. Yeah. I feel like our our sort of final group of folks to talk about here until we get to the ball are the Featherington. So as we know, Lady Featherington is working with the new Lord Featherington. Cousin Jack are in cahoots to trick everyone in the town into thinking that he has an abundant ruby mine in the Americas. And because no one can just call the Americas and ask Mm -hmm. how the empty mines are doing, Prudence is just parading around with a fake necklace by the way, that fooled even the town's finest jeweler. Yeah. And now I really question this guy because <laughs> there's this whole part of the episode where she has him examine the necklace and he's like, oh, these are some great rubies. Oh, you got some fine stuff on your hands. And this she's man
0: like, is getting tricked left and right. <laughs> I'm
1: just like, okay, well, like, honestly, if she gets it past him... She deserves to rip these I mean,
0: who off. knows if any of the Queen's jewels are real at this point?
1: <laughs> a sort of different thing that's popped up here is we run into our friend from last season, Mr. Mondrich, who was previously Simon Bassett's best friend. I mean, still is allegedly, even though Simon's yes. not here <laughs> for legal reasons. And so he was the boxer who sort of like threw the match and won himself a lot of money. And he has invested that money in starting a gentleman's club, That nobody is coming to. It's
0: like they do okay sometimes. It's like business isn't the best. But that is the place of meeting where Lord Featherington and Colin meet up to talk rubies. Because the part of the scheme right now is they've kind of tricked everyone already. The last kind of stop are the Bridgertons. Colin Bridgerton is their way in. So this meeting is supposed to seal the deal. At this point, cousin Jack needs to close and needs to get money from him. And Mr. Mondrich does a very noble thing here. He calls him out. He calls him like a schemer in front of him. And he's like, he's lying to you. He's playing you, which Colin is like weirdly defensive of cousin Jack. And he's like, how dare you talk to him in this way? And we're like, ugh. Colin, who are you? What are you doing? We don't like Colin in this moment. We don't like Cousin Jack, and we're like... I don't know. What we think is the reason behind Colin wanting to invest is
1: like his oldest brother is getting married and he's moving up and on with his life and Benedict has his paints or whatever he's doing. I think he's like, I'm a kid who just came back from studying abroad and I don't have a thing and I want to feel like I'm a man and like I'm making my own way in this world. And so he wants to be a big fancy investor man and so invests with Cousin Jack, who by the way is I think also kind of a backhanded jerk to Mondrich cuz he's like oh yeah you're so lucky that I'm bringing business here like yeah. one of these guys who's just like you are only here cuz my
0: money allows you to be here yeah. and it's like literally shut up so even though they don't really fully close the deal here the next big thing the main event of this episode is the Featherington ball lady featherington is like i've got so much money now we got to show off invite everyone, even the Burgertons, even the Sharmas, ruined or not, like, everyone's welcome because we want to show off. They want to show off the rubies still. So that's the big thing. The queen even shows up to this ball. So that's how big of a deal this is. This is
1: one of those moments where we realize that the Featheringtons are new money. Yeah. Because, you know, we don't really know their background or anything. I feel like they've been at the very bottom of the social ladder for a really long time. And Lady Featherington is like, okay, loved my husband, whatever. But now that he's out of the way, it's time to actually make moves. It's time to secure this family. She wants what the Bridgertons have. Yeah. Which is like... You know, the Bridgertons can go through scandals if they want to, but like nothing's going to mess with they have money. They, so. have, they have money and like they've just been well respected and renowned for generations. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're unshakable. And
0: she's right. not they're like the Featheringtons are not unshakable. Like the Bridgertons have been rattled recently, but there's no sign that they're going to fall or collapse anytime soon. No. So in this moment of vulnerability, that's That is when the Featheringtons are trying to take advantage of the Bridgertons, but it doesn't play out. Because as we see at the ball, just to wrap up the Featherington drama, Colin does dance with Cressida Cowper, yuck, who is wearing a ruby necklace. He kind of does like this quick trick where he like takes off her necklace. Colin could have had another life as a pickpocket. Like he would have been great at this. He'd be
1: fine on the streets of London. (laughs)
0: Yeah. He takes Penelope by the hand into a room unchaperoned, and she's like, Colin, people might talk. Scandal. And she's kind of like, wait, is this about to happen? Am I about to get engaged? People like me could talk. <laughs> right. That's right. She could report on her own scandal. I would do it. If I were
1: her and I would like the man of my dreams yanked me into a room, like next day, Lady Whistledown would be like, I saw them naked in a room nah. together. <laughs>
0: But who bursts in but Lady Featherington and Lord Featherington. And he exposes the ruby necklace of being a fraud. It's glass. He breaks it in front of them all dramatic. He's like, I was lying this whole time. I was just trying to figure out your schemes. And you need to leave the Featheringtons alone. He sees Lady Featherington as the victim. As like, Cousin Jack has come in from the Americas to... Take advantage of the taunt, take advantage of everyone, and take advantage of poor Penelope, Penelope. who he just sees as a friend.
1: Yeah, she doesn't have (laughs) any
0: sex organs, like, nothing. (laughs) So Lady Featherington kind of plays into it at the moment. She's like, oh, no. What scheme? What's going on? Gasp. (laughs) And then she points and she's like, you! You tricked me! You used my very
1: high place in society to get access to everyone and you ripped them off! It's By the way, I actually do love this moment because I've just kind of been rolling my eyes at Lady Featherington this whole time. And I'm like, you know, good for her for trying to get some from like this guy. You know, he's thrown out of the party. She like meets him in a room and he's like, we did this together, I'm taking you with me. I will keep a large share of the money to support myself and my young ladies. And I had Mrs. Varley forge a signature on a document stating that as soon as one of my girls has a son, the estate shall pass to them, but he has excellent penmanship, you see. The tom, of course, will be infuriated to discover that you've run away with all the money that you tricked out of their trusting hands. Oh, you're welcome to try to explain it to them now that they're all gathered here. You are cruel. I am a mother.
0: That was good. Like,
1: I almost burst into tears when I saw this because, like, I haven't, like, cared that much for her. But when she's like, I'm looking out for those three idiots that I love.
0: Those three dum dums Those, are hopeless, they're, but they're my hopeless dum dums. They're my hopeless dum dums, and
1: I am going to shield them and from people like you, from everyone. I am going to raise them up with everything that I have because that's what I live for. Yeah. And we're like, oh man, like, like Shonda writing and like pro motherhood. <laughs> yes, She's know. like, I'll kill you in the middle of the street. Like I'll do anything.
0: Like. <laughs> Now, even more so, they are set and Cousin Jack is out of their lives for good.
1: Or is he? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like he wasn't much of a villain. I feel like now that I know what she's capable of, like the duplicity yeah. and the trickery, I'm like, oh, I feel like you could do better, Lady Featherington. Like, she could go all the way.
0: So moving on to Eloise, Penelope, and Lady Whistledown drama at the ball. So... Eloise is now picking up just how much Penelope notices, but it's really in this phrase that Penelope says, noticing gossip, that is what's really, like, made Eloise notice her in a different way. Later, she says, like, it's the way it was, like, almost written. Like, I've heard it before, but I've never heard it said by someone before, Lady Whistledone
1: hasn't come out for over a week. Yeah. And this is why Penelope needs a writing outlet, because if she doesn't write it, she says it out loud and she gets caught and she's like, This guy has a child in the country, and this lady has a a side piece, whatever she yeah. knows, everything.
0: The thing is, like, Penelope actually has like this really great moment at the ball after Colin's on his high of like exposing Lord Featherington, he dances with Penelope. For the first time, and I think this is Penelope's first time on a dance card, you know, having a dance. She's having this really great moment. She's like, Oh my goodness. Like Colin now finally sees me as a person and something more than a friend. She goes up to her room so happy and she finds Eloise has just completely torn her room apart. And she's questioning Penelope, like, why do you have all this money? What? business are you running? She's kind of circling around the accusation, but she gets to the heart of it, which then pushes Penelope to admit that, yes, she is Lady Whistledown. They both say very hurtful things. Both my feelings were hurt. Yes. Watching the two of them yell and scream at each other. Yes. It's very heartbreaking because we are seeing in real time the end of a best friendship. I look at you now and all I feel is pity sequestered here, in this very room, writing your secret little scandal sheet, tarnishing everyone in town all because you are too scared to stand up for yourself in reality. You are something, Penelope. An insipid warflower indeed. At least I did something. All you ever do is talk about doing something. You have all these great ambitions, these great plans, but I am the one who actually did something great and you cannot stand it, can you? What do you think that makes you? I wish never to see or speak to you again. Just the look in Eloise's eyes when she's like, never talk to me again, you just feel like this is final. Like, I don't see how these two become friends again. Which is crazy to think because the next season is supposed to be her brother and her best friend falling in love. (laughs) I
1: mean, and that's like, remember, they're completely upending the book order because next is supposed to be...
0: Benedict Benedict.
1: and whoever yeah, and so now we're like skipping a beat and we're going straight to Colin and Penelope and I wouldn't be surprised if this is why because this wasn't in the books I don't you know I didn't read it but according to everyone on TikTok this never happened Mm. so this is very much like a a sort of like Shonda drama drama. peak drama peak Shonda drama that's why this is happening and so we're gonna have to watch them come back from this because this was really heart wrenching where like I feel like both Both of those girls lost everything. The only person on earth who knows that she's Lady Whistledown is the Modiste. Mm -hmm. And Penelope only brought her into the fold because she was taking on so much work and she needed help. Yeah. And, you know, she's an ally, so she's not going to rat her out. She didn't even rat her out when Eloise tried to interrogate her. The worst person who could possibly know knows. Like, she could tell everyone.
0: Very sad note to end on with them. Penelope does go out and she tries to find Eloise. She runs into a group of men and gentlemen who are there calling amongst them. And they can't see her. She overhears them talking and they're like, Colin, we saw you were dancing with Penelope Featherington. Are you courting her? And he's like... <laughs> courting penelope no way and it, we're just like uh just even more salt to the wound of poor penelope's night of losing her best friend thinking there's a potential match with her and colin but no way he doesn't see her that way colin's like just because i saved
1: her whole family from ruin i'd rather date one of the pal mal rackets <laughs> than no, that would, that's what that would be and i am just like why do you have to keep, like, he's such an egotistical boy and I, it's, now I'm seeing a pattern here of like, screw this guy, I hate this guy, and then the next season he's the star. Yeah. He's won over. He yeah, wins us over. So true. Colin's got a long way to go. Long. Way just to go. just don't, just remember this. As you go into season three of Bridgerton, maybe you're listening to all these episodes just to get caught up. Remember that we hate Colin. We because hate Because he thinks of Penelope as like literally a stick, you know? Like that's how he sees her.
0: I just like, I don't see how I'm going to like him. I, I know I may regret these <laughs> words later, but, like, I don't see it. I don't see myself liking Colin Bridgerton. But
1: I felt the same way. I feel like I almost felt more heated about Anthony last season. Really? Because I
0: feel more heated about Colin. Really?
1: Then. Okay, well, I mean, it's both because, like, think about what Anthony, who he was last season. Mm-hmm. He was controlling yeah. towards his sister. He, like didn't care what she did with her life. And then he was like, Oh, time to be the big brother. Time to be the, ba- the man of the house. Yeah. Almost shoots her fiance. <laughs> yes. Like there was a duel there. That's true. Meanwhile, he's sleeping with an opera singer that he is yeah. equally controlling of. And he's like, you're not going to see anyone else. Right. I mean, I'm definitely like looking for other options and everything. And I'm, we're going to have sex underneath the bleachers. for this Yeah.
0: Match.
1: But like completely puts her out is so selfish. Um, thinks only about how people perceive him, and at the end is finally like, you know, it's time. Ta- like I think it's time I had a wife. I'm gonna look for the the new Mrs. Bridgerton yes, yes. now. I feel like Colin at least saved the Featheringtons. Like gave- no one,
0: no one knows publicly. I no mean, one on, really only, knows. Only Penelope. I mean, it, it was only news to Penelope, right? Yeah. Because she is on the outs of her own family, and so yeah. she didn't know about this whole scheme. Yep. She probably was like, what, Rubies? What's going on? Well, exactly, <laughs>
1: but Colin has this attitude of, like, poor, innocent, stick-figure Penelope. <laughs> Had no idea this was going on, and neither did the rest of her dumb dumb family. Yeah. They were
0: tricked,
1: Yeah, and
0: he yelled at Mondrich. Well, he said, like, I just played up yelling at Mondrich, Because I wanted to maintain, like, this, you know, sting operation with Lord Featherington. Because he later does apologize to Mondridge. And he brings in, like, a whole group of gentlemen. He's like, guys, this is the place. You gotta be, you guys gotta
1: see this. This is the club to hang out at. (laughs) So, like, he's done some good. But he's just been so, like, Penelope is not beautiful. Penelope is not someone you date. Like, I do hate that. Like, I hate that. Like, at least... To me, like, Colin is just, like, the dumbest boy there ever was. And Anthony just seemed a bit more calculated and he had more power, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel. Let's remember this moment. Let's sit in this moment. Maybe we're going to bring this moment up in the future when we fall in love with Colin. But, Mm -hmm. like, Colin's got an awful long way to go. Yeah, he does.
0: The last bit of thing with Whistledown is it is, even though one more person knows about Lady Whistledown... She is not done. She writes a very short letter just being like, you thought I was done? No way. I cannot be silent. So that's the good thing we end on is, even though Penelope has felt like she's lost a lot, she still has Lady Whistledown. She still has a voice. I feel like the- most high profile reader is the
1: Queen oh, because yeah. she thought she got her. She thought that she put a stop to Lady Whistledown. She put out that one thing, proved it wasn't Eloise, and then she went silent. And the Queen is like, Did I do it? Did I I win? did it. <laughs> I did it. I got rid of her. <laughs> and now she's like, I'm back. We don't know exactly how Lady Whistledown will come back with a vengeance next season, but it is her love story, so we'll just have to see
0: We'll see. So just to circle back to the main romance of this season. The main which, event. Yes, because I mean, there's been so much getting wrapped up in this episode. We have to end on Kate and Anthony because at the ball, Kate is there. She's like, tomorrow I go to India. I'll just enjoy this one final night at the ball where she and Anthony dance. The chemistry is obvious. Everyone sees it instantly. So much so that they are getting stares. They are getting whispers. Everyone's like, oh, that's what happened. That's the real reason why the wedding fell apart. So it's out there for everyone to see, for everyone to know. Lady Cowper starts to gossip and the queen is next to her and she shuts it. Down, and even Edwina is like, I think they make a great match, and like, okay, Edwina, the queen, a- <laughs> the queen is speaking, <laughs> the queen is speaking, and then the queen is like, oh, by the way, Edwina, you can marry like, or I can set you up with my nephew, who's a prince, and he's single, yeah. Like, so- it's- Daphne
1: turned, <laughs> we don't need to talk about the fact that my last diamond turned him down last season, right, but, but
0: she said he's that perfect for you. She said that in front of Cressida, who is also in the running for <laughs> or the prince. Who cares yeah. at this point? It's getting to the end of the night. Kate is supposed to leave for India, but that's when Anthony proclaims his love for Kate. I do not know what to say. You do not have to say anything. I do not think there is anything else to say. Other than I
1: love you too.
0: I want a life that suits us both. I know I am imperfect, but I will humble myself before you, because I cannot imagine my life without you, and that is why I wish to marry you.
1: You do know there'll never be a day where you do not vex me.
0: Is that a promise, ctharn It feels like great. There's no obstacles between them anymore. They can be together. She doesn't need to go back to India. She can be here with Anthony. Hooray. The big complaint a lot of people had about the ending of this season was we didn't get more time with Kate and Anthony. We don't see them as a carefree couple for longer because it is like a quick five-minute wrap-up. But even so, we're happy. They're together He calls her Kathani Sharma, which we all love.
1: (laughs) We all, like, the episode ends mostly, the ball ends with fireworks. And so a lot of the overhearing and the drama happens when these fireworks are going off. And so Anthony finds a private corner of the garden with Kate. And yeah, like, it's just... I, it's such a heartfelt moment. TikTok exploded. We all exploded. It's just, I feel like it's this beautiful moment of he's just like, I know exactly who you are and I love exactly who you are and mm-hmm. I want this forever. Yeah. And she finally accepts. We get this nice epilogue. They've been married for six months. Anthony is still feral. They Literally, <laughs> we're in their bedroom. We see, like, I think the most nudity that we've seen yeah. in this season. And they still can't keep their hands off each other. And they're like we should get dressed your family is waiting for us downstairs and then they finally go down and they're just they're so cute they just like can't keep their hands off each other and they're still competitive and they still yell at each other but they've accepted that that's just their relationship and they love each other I love this comment that Daphne makes where they're look cause everyone's like why did it take you guys so long to get down here and she's like as newlyweds I'm surprised they're even here <laughs>
0: We also see Daphne's little baby. Yeah. He's walking now, taking his first steps. So. And
1: it's nice to see the mamas with the grandkids yeah. and the Bridgerton kids and the Sharmas are all playing pal Yeah, and it's, a- it's just a very, very happy ending. And I hope that Shondaland learned their lesson this time and made Simone Ashley sign a contract saying, I will appear for the yes. rest of time in
0: Brinderton. <laughs> Same with Jonathan Bailey. Yes, yes, because, you
1: know, I mean, this, I feel like now that we're done, we can sort of talk about the season as a whole. Like yeah. Season one, okay, cool, yeah. fine. Season two, sign me up. Yeah. I'm a fan. You got me. You got my money. You've got my heart. You've got my soul. I love this world. I'm in. Yeah. And it's because of Kate and Anthony. Yes. Like their chemistry and their relationship. The ups and downs felt really organic. The stakes felt really high. Because it kind of sucked that I feel like we lost a little bit of Daphne Simon momentum because... Roger Jean-Page is just, like, too big to be in Richardton. now. I guess. Yeah. Or, like, whatever. They didn't sign him on and he was busy. So, like, we didn't see him and Daphne live their lives together this season. Like, we yeah. really missed out on that. And But so, we are going
0: to get to see Kate and Anthony next season. That's what I'm saying is, like, I love them
1: so much and I'm really excited to just sort of see how their relationship unfolds.
0: Even if it's, like, on the
1: side, yeah. I'm really excited for their just to like see how their relationship grows over the coming seasons. Which
0: by the way, fun fact, Jonathan Bailey was doing a play in London had one day off then went straight to Bridgerton season 3. So, insane schedule, but the guy is committed. He is going to be in next season. We're excited to see kate and anthony's relationship even if it's just like a background story like we just want to see more of them i mean
1: honestly we saw more daphne than i would ever ask for this season <laughs> sure i is. want that level of kate and anthony next season yeah like, i want colin to be like what do i do how do i like I mean, treat a lady anthony and then- is
0: still you know head of he's household he's yeah. still viscount so they are gonna go to him for or you know he's gonna push his advice on everyone still I also hope that we get to see Edwina fall in love with someone yeah. else.
1: Like I feel like she got a really short end of the stick because she thought yeah. Anthony loved. Was it her own fault for like not asking from the get-go if Anthony loved her or not, and, like, it's literally her wedding day, and now she asks him, (laughs) was that her, was that the consequences of her own actions? Yeah, a little bit. But I do hope in the future, maybe we get to go to her wedding. Maybe she does marry the prince. Maybe she finds anyone she wants, and it all works out, because... I mean, Kate, Kate's our wild card. She's the one who is like, I don't deserve anything ever. I'm going back to India to be a governess after this. Now she's married to a Viscount. Let's talk about it. You know, yeah. like eat your heart out,
0: Sheffields. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining along in our Bridgerton journey. Next week, we're going to wrap up talking about the courtship. So stay tuned for more fun episodes coming soon. In the meantime, keep up with us on social media at The Pemberley. And you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com.